Welcome in. It is the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzee Musugi, and thank you all for downloading and listening to another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Last one of the regular season. Last time we're recapping a regular season game as the Chiefs victorious over the Raiders 35-3 in a blowout win against a division rival. Not only to win against the division rival, but to capture the AFC West and clinch home field advantage. So very good feeling. Probably should have been wrapped up a little bit sooner. But hey, look, uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Chiefs had luck on their side, still being in control of their own destiny. When the Texans lost, when the Patriots lost two in a row this month, when the Chargers lost last weekend. So it all panned out for Kansas City. Uh, Maybe it just wasn't meant to happen as early. And the Chiefs still, one way or another, got the number one seed. And look, I mean, I would have liked for that to happen a little bit early to see how the Chiefs would have played the last couple of weeks, how they would have managed their starters on offense and defense. But one way or another, the Chiefs got the number one seed three seasons in a row. The Chiefs have won the AFC West prior to 2016 when the when the uh, streak of winning the divisions started off for Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs had never won the AFC West in back-to-back seasons. Never happened consecutively, and now they have won three straight years in a row. So very cool to see uh, just the uh, turnaround you've seen from Andy Reid and now with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Uh, this is the uh, this is the offense that Andy Reid has wanted for a very long time. He's had a lot of successful offenses in Kansas City with Alex Smith and in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb and, of course, a couple of big-name players uh, surrounding him as well. Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and now uh, with what you have with this offense. Never have we seen this with an Andy Reid offense before, and I'll get to some of the stats in a moment because there are a lot of things that we're seeing with this Chiefs offense that we've never seen before. And this defense, not a very good year, but hey, they at least closed the regular season on a strong note. Some fans, not impressed because it's the Raiders, but some fans will take it. Uh, you know, I'm choosing to be on the side that, hey, look, if this defense that's been bad all year is going to give us this kind of a game, four, uh, four first turnovers and only three points allowed, I'm going to take it. I, I mean, definitely no complaints on my end. So a lot to get into. Also, the Eric Berry Injury. His heel injury has resurfaced. What does that mean for the Chiefs moving forward? We will talk about that in just a moment and also look at uh, the AFC playoff picture real quickly as well as the NFC real quickly. But we'll do a full blown wild card uh, breakdown on the next episode since the Chiefs aren't playing. Uh, we'll, we'll still have some things to talk about with the Chiefs next episode, uh, but we'll uh, preview all four wild card games this weekend. By the way, uh, the uh, episode this week, the second episode, I, we always do two episodes per week. Uh, instead of Thursday, it'll be out on Friday, so a day late. Uh, obviously, no need to uh, have that come out sooner, but uh, we will uh, have that episode out on Friday. The Chiefs do play on a Saturday, January the 12th, so we will have our preview episode out a day earlier than we usually do. So that will be out on Wednesday, the Chiefs. Of course, their uh, practice week will be a little bit different as uh, as it usually is. Their uh, off days usually on a Tuesday, as it is for most NFL teams, except for those on a short week. Uh, but the Chiefs are going to uh, change that a bit since they are playing on a Saturday, and the injury report will come out on a Tuesday. So we'll, we'll still have some things to talk about, and we'll break down whoever the Chiefs are playing against. So I'll give you guys the uh, possible candidates that could come to Arrowhead next week. So all of that a little bit more. On this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast, again, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit the share button as well. Spread the word about the podcast. You guys can also interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. 
That was my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook, guys, and also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. A lot of you guys have been sending me a lot of messages, a lot of emails already asking, who would you rather see the Chiefs play in less than two weeks? And I've got a, I've got an answer to that. And I've got to admit, that is a question that, to, to me, it, it's the most tedious question asked because I'll explain my reasons later on, but it is one of the more over-asked questions. I remember that a couple of years ago when the Chiefs had a two-seed, eventually played the Steelers, and now we're in this position again where the Chiefs have to now play the waiting game to see who do they prepare for, and I've got a response to that, so I'll get into that as well. Plus, the the mindset of Chiefs fans has now changed. Uh, There was a comment made by Phil Simms over the weekend and I asked you guys about Phil Sims' comments, and I was really intrigued by some of the comments you guys had, and now the mindset of Chiefs fans has really flipped the script. I'll get into that. Plus, Patrick Mahomes has done something. Obviously, he's broken so many records, but there's one thing that he's done that not a lot of people have noted. I'll explain what that is as well at the end of the podcast, but first things first, got to go over this big Chiefs win over the Raiders, like I mentioned, 35-3 to capture the AFC West for three consecutive seasons plus home field advantage. First time the Chiefs have a number one seed in the conference since 1995. And how did they do it? Well, Patrick Mahomes, obviously another great day for him. 14 of 24, 281 yards, two touchdowns, and just one pick. Uh, Had the 67-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Uh, That was the first touchdown of the game. That set the tone for the Chiefs, uh, drawing first blood on the scoreboard. Uh, And then also eventually... The 89 touchdown, uh, 89 yard touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson to pretty much seal the whole deal. All of these done in three quarters as the Chiefs pulled all their starters out of the game in the fourth quarter, and they let the backups take over. and And rightfully so at this point, when you've got the number one seed locked up, and you've got a lot of business to take care of in January with those playoff games, uh, a lot more meaningful, obviously. Uh, you never want to risk injury in those situations. So certainly a good move by Andy Reid to uh, pull the starters and let the backups take over. But uh, in this football game, Tyreek Hill, uh, obviously a big day for him. I mentioned the 67-yard uh, touchdown play he had, finished with 101 receiving yards. He ended his season with 1,479 receiving yards. That's the most in franchise history in a single season, passing Derek Alexander, who had 1,391 yards in 2000. Uh, Kelsey had 1,336 yards. He also had a chance to pass Derek Alexander in the same game, uh, but instead he had 1,336. That puts him fourth behind Carlos Carson in that same category for most receiving yards in a single season in franchise history. Kelsey, by the way, he did break the record for most receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history in a single season. However, George Kittle of the 49ers, he broke that record in, give or take, uh, in an hour. So Rob Gronkowski, essentially, I mean, he was the biggest loser in this one here because he held that record previously, and two other players surpassed him. So Gronk went from first to third in the record books in the span of, what, maybe an hour and and change or something like that. And, and by the way, very rare you see something like this where a record is broken twice on the same day. Uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle both surpassing Gronk for most receiving yards in a single season. And by the way, uh, Kelsey almost passed Derek Alexander's record 
for uh, most receiving yards in a single season. However, Tyreek Hill had too many receiving yards, so it's not like the record would have been broken twice unless Kelsey uh, had a big game and got ahead of both Tyreek Hill and Derek Alexander, and then Tyreek Hill got ahead of both players. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen that way, but it could have happened. So, uh, very odd uh, circumstance where you see Kelsey and Kittle both break a record uh, within an hour, and then another record could have been broken by two players a franchise record, that is. So very rare do you see anything like that in the NFL or in, or in all of sports, essentially. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, 12 receiving touchdowns to end the season. That ties Chris Burford with second in franchise history. 1962 with the Dallas Texans. And if you guys remember, uh, the player who holds the most uh, receiving touchdowns in a single season in franchise history, that is Dwayne Bowe, did so in 2010 when Matt Castle was his quarterback. Charlie Weisel, of course, the offensive coordinator, and Todd Haley, the head coach at the time, had 15 touchdowns. Uh, had that crazy span after the first four weeks struggling. Uh, had a lot of uh, multi-TD games uh, that year for Dwayne Bowe. So obviously a very good season, and Tyree Kill came very close to that. Finishing second in franchise history, tying Chris Burford, as I mentioned, for that record. Uh, I want to switch over to, to the defensive side of the football for a moment. I'll get back to the offense a little bit with with Mahomes, but this defense showed up in this football, ca- football game. Derek Carr threw a pair of interceptions in this game. First time in 11 games, Derek Carr threw a pick. The Chiefs defense forced four turnovers in this football game, only allowing 292 yards. And they held the Raiders to three points. That is a season best for Kansas City. People want to say, well, it's the Raiders. Nothing too impressive. Uh, Look, first off, it's a division rival. You always want to dominate the Raiders. You always want to dominate your division rivals. You just do. Second, by the way, let me just say that right there. If you want to talk about the Chargers and their 15-point rally against the Chiefs, well... A Chargers, a pessimistic Chargers fan could easily say, well, look, it's the Chiefs defense. It's nothing too impressive. But listen, I highly doubt any Chargers fan was saying that. I think they were all ecstatic over the fact that the Chargers rallied like that at Arrowhead of all places to do so. So listen, you'll never apologize for dominating a game, no matter who you're... Listen, the Chiefs obviously one of the best teams in the NFL, and the Raiders, I think their offense... They're not getting the credit that they deserve, but still, at the end of the day, the Raiders, one of the bad football teams in the NFL, that's what you're supposed to do. A good football team like the Chiefs, a great football team, they're supposed to beat up on a bad football team like this, and that's exactly what you saw. This defense had a very rare occasion where they had a great game, and some fans, not impressed by it, but again, I'm choosing to kind of be on the the optimistic side, and listen, you've got to start somewhere with this defense. Uh, Maybe gradual improvement along the way, Uh, a couple good uh, highlights uh, from this defense, which I'll get to shortly, but... Uh, this defense showed me something, and I'm not saying I expect four turnovers and three points allowed in every playoff game from here on out, but you've got to start somewhere. So I'm good with this. It almost seemed like a few fans were disappointed that we didn't get the narrative that Bob Sutton's defense was giving up 30 or 40 points again. I mean, look, I, I don't know what to say about that, but... Uh, I'll take it. I, I will. Dan Sorensen, he got a pick six to make it 14 nothing Kansas City. Derek Carr, he under, ended up fumbling twice in this football game. Lost at once. Three t- turnovers total from Derek Carr. 
Uh, running back Doug Martin also uh, fumbled in this football game. Allen Bailey and Justin Houston recovered the fumbles for the Chiefs. Anthony Hitchens played really well. Probably his best game as a Chief this year. Reggie Ragland also probably had his best game this year. Both played really well after a really disappointing season from these two inside linebackers. A lot of talk this week on social media about how they have not done really well as a duo when that was the expectation this year. Uh, but Reggie Ragland got an interception, almost a pick six from Raglan. Kendall Fuller uh, played after missing last week's game, uh, recovering from uh, that wrist surgery he had. Uh, had 12 tackles in this football game. Charvarius Ward had nine tackles, all solo tackles, and a better showing from him after being picked on a ton last week in his first game as a starter. So good to see, good to see Charvarius Ward uh, make those kind of strides, and I think the role that he's get, being given with the Chiefs right now as a, as a nickel cornerback, maybe the uh, the more proper role that he deserves for the time being, uh, especially going into the playoffs. So if you got Kendall Fuller and Steven Nelson as your primary cornerbacks, and maybe you'll see Orlando Skandrick coming in rotation a little bit with Charvarius Ward as your nickel quarterback, I think that's, for now, the best you can really go with. At the cornerback position. Again, that's maybe not great compared to some of the other cornerback depth charts you see with the other 11 NFL playoff teams right now. But uh, that is the best that the Chiefs can really offer at this point with those cornerbacks. So not a a terrible day from this defense. A great day, in fact. Uh, You're not going to get many of these from the defense. Look, I'm not going to argue, certainly, if they do it again in the playoffs. But uh, very rare seeing and. Look, given that you had a two-game losing streak and heartbreaking losses against the Chargers and uh, against the Seahawks, both on primetime, I'll take it. Uh, I I think Chiefs fans should at least feel a little bit of comfort with that. You end a season like this, losing two straight, snapping that losing streak, winning in big fashion, and getting the division and the conference. So I'll certainly take that. And The defense definitely had a big hand in that for Kansas City on Sunday. I do want to go back to Mahomes and the offense. Uh, which, by the way, third player in NFL history, third quarterback, I should say, in NFL history, to have 50 touchdowns and 5,000 receiving yards in the same season. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, the only other quarterbacks to do so. Both of them won MVP those years. I know there's a lot of posts out there about Drew Brees and his uh, win-loss record against uh, uh, teams above 500, uh, whereas Mahomes may not have the greatest record. A lot of people are pointing those stats out, but... Conveniently enough, Saints fans aren't pointing out who has the most passing touchdowns and who has the most rece- uh, passing yards. Listen, uh, first of all, the Chiefs are playing a first-place schedule. They they won the division last year, so they have a first-place schedule. So they, they're, they're going to have a tough schedule. At the end of the day, I don't care if you are playing the easiest schedule possible. The Patriots, when they went 16-0, they had a fairly easy schedule uh, playing against a lot of easy teams that year. They had a fairly easy schedule, and I don't care, man. At the end of the day, what Tom Brady did that year, throwing 50 touchdowns and going 16-0, that's never an easy thing to do. I, again, you can ha- you can play the easiest schedule in NFL history, and that's still not an easy task for any NFL, NFL team to do. So for Mahomes and the Chiefs to do what they've done offensively this year, again, the 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards, not to mention this is his first year doing so. That's very impressive. You want to look at Roethlisberger? Let me just say this. Roethlisberger, he's been in the NFL for 15 years. It took him 15 years to get 5,000 receiving yards. He just did it for the first time this year. 
He finished the season with 5,129 yards, leading the NFL, just edging out Mahomes. Took him 15 years to surpass the 5,000 uh, passing yard mark. Yet for Mahomes, he did it in his first year. Okay, technically his second year because last year he was backing up Alex Smith, but this is his first year starting in the NFL. So you get the idea there. So clearly, and especially with the defense not doing so well and to lift your team to a number one seed, Mahomes is the clear-cut MVP at this point. He has to be. There's just no way around it. Another key reason why the Chiefs, or why Mahomes should be the MVP, the Chiefs scored 26 points in all of their games this season. No other team has been able to do that. So that's another thing to keep in mind. And going back to Mahomes with some of these stats here, 50 touchdown passes. Uh, that's uh, tying uh, uh, Tom Brady for second in NFL history uh, for most passes in a uh, single season. Manning still holds the record with 55, doing so in 2013. Uh, I saw Frank Bull tweeted this. Here's an interesting question. How many 50 touchdown seasons can Mahomes have? And I'll, I'll, I'll change the question a little bit. How many 40 to 50 touchdown seasons can Mahomes have? Because that's not an easy thing to do. And this is his first year doing it. Here's my response to that. As long as you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and a strong supporting cast, such as a good number two receiver like a Sammy Watkins and a good supporting cast uh, from guys like Chris Conley and Demarcus Robinson, I'll even throw out Anthony Thomas out there. And listen, the running backs, they're always going to be viable options under Andy Reid. That's just the way it works under Andy Reid's offense. I think there's no reason to say Mahomes can't have at least 40 touchdown passes with an offense like that. I think that's going to be a very difficult thing for defenses to stop. Even some of the best defenses have had a hard time with it. You saw what he was able to do against the number one defense in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs forced a, an overtime game. Uh, Mahomes, a pair of fourth down conversions to force uh, force overtime and come away, come away with a win in uh, the overtime period. And by the way, I did mention 26 points per game, or 26 points every single game. You look at the Chiefs this season, 426 yards per game on average, 35 points per game on average, leading the NFL in both categories. And here's the most impressive part. The Chiefs ran 996 offensive plays. That is 23rd in the NFL. The Ravens had the most offensive snaps with 1,135 the Patriots second with 1,073. So for the Chiefs to have not even 1,000 total snaps and to be first in the NFL in points and yards per game in the NFL this year, that's another impressive thing. And I think it just shows you how fortunate Kansas City was with Patrick Mahomes falling number 10 overall, obviously training up to do so. And a lot of people thought Deshaun Watson would have been the better option, but I think this is just proving more and more now, and it's not like you needed proof now, we already have known this for a while, but Mahomes seems like he is a better option than Deshaun Watson, and not taking anything away from Deshaun Watson, the Texans, again, had a great season, they've got the number three seed in the AFC, so still, uh, the future is great for a lot of these AFC quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, uh, the AFC, uh, there's going to be a lot of great competition for years to come with those quarterbacks. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. By the way, the Chiefs converted on 47% of their third downs. That is the second best in the NFL this year. 80% on fourth down. They were 12 of 15 on fourth down. That is the third best 
in the NFL. Number one in the AFC on fourth down. Now, defensively, obviously, uh, some of that overshadows what the Chiefs did, or at least in some of the games this year in some moments. Uh, defensively speaking, second most yards allowed, 406 yards per game. The Bengals had more with 400, 414, excuse me, 26.3 points per game allowed. That's ninth most in the NFL. In fact, if you look at all 12 playoff teams, the Chiefs have allowed more points than all of the playoff teams this year. The Rams, not too far behind Kansas City. They were 13th in the NFL in points allowed per game, uh, four spots behind Kansas City in that category. And by the way, I mentioned Roethlisberger and taking so long to get 5,000 receiving yards. And not that it's taking anything away from the incredible career he's had. Uh, But look at Roethlisberger and the fact that he was one month away from turning 24 years old when he won his first Super Bowl, being the youngest uh, quarterback to win a Super Bowl. If the Chiefs win a, uh, if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes this year, Patrick Mahomes becomes the youngest quarterback in NFL history to win a Super Bowl at 23 years old in five months, give or take a week or two. But regardless, he would still pass uh, Ben Roethlisberger by far to become the youngest quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. And speaking of the path to the Super Bowl, looking at the six uh, teams from the AFC and NFC, Chiefs number one, Patriots number two, the Texans are number three, Ravens at four, and the two wildcard teams, Chargers are five, and the Colts are six, winning on Sunday Night Football. There was a really odd scenario where the Steelers actually had a chance to still make the playoffs if the Colts and Titans tied on Sunday Night Football. So that would have been a crazy scenario, one that we've never seen before where you need a tie and nothing else in order to make the playoffs, but obviously a very rare occasion. So the Colts took care of business there on Sunday night. And, and by the way, the Colts, third team in NFL history to start 1-5 and five and make it to the playoffs. Obviously, the Chiefs did that a couple of years ago, and the Chiefs became the first team in NFL history to win a playoff game after starting 1-5. and five. The other team, that was the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, they started 1-6, and six, but did not win a playoff game. And I think that was in 1970. Don't quote me on that, but I saw... NBC put that graphic up near the end of Sunday Night Football. So, again, props to the Colts. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect them to make it, and they did after starting 1-5 and five this year. Uh, NFC side, ew, looking 1-6, through six, Saints, Rams, Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks, and look at the Eagles. I mentioned last podcast, of the three teams that were in the hunt to per- perhaps take uh, a playoff spot away, I said the Eagles were going to be that team Doing so, taking away a playoff spot from the Vikings, and that's exactly what happened uh, on Sunday. The Eagles still alive, and Nick Foles suffered that injury, but it looks like he'll still play. And listen, I mean, if, if the Eagles have Nick Foles, uh, I don't know what to say at this point. Uh, they, they've doubted them before, and we'll see how that goes. And by the way, the Chiefs will either play the Colts, Chargers, or Ravens. The way this works is because the Chiefs have the number one seed, whoever has the lowest, uh, whoever the lowest seeded team is coming out of wildcard weekend, they'll be visiting the number one seed. In this case, obviously, that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs play on Saturday, January the 12th at 3.35 p.m. Central Standard Time at Arrowhead Stadium, and the game will be on NBC. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels will be calling that game. And that'll be the first playoff game that weekend. Uh, for uh, the the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And by the way, I do want to go back, because I mentioned Nick Foles and the Eagles. 
I'm getting a lot of emails on social media messages from you guys. A lot of Chiefs fans are asking, who would I rather see the Chiefs play in less than two weeks? My answer, I don't care. Because quite honestly, there is no, quote, easy team in the playoffs. And if there was an easy team, such as the Eagles last year, the Eagles were underdogs in every single game with Nick Foles. And look what happened. They won the Super Bowl. Look at the New York Giants in 2007, a team that Eli, Eli Manning didn't have a good year uh, that, that season. I think he had 23 touchdowns and 20 picks, if I remember correctly. And Tom Coughlin was on the hot seat. A lot of people thought he was going to get let go uh, unless the Giants won a Super Bowl. That's exactly what happened. They had that incredible win over the Patriots, stopping them from having that perfect season. Uh, but a lot of people still looked at the Giants as an easy team in the playoffs. The Giants lost to the Cowboys twice in the regular season, yet they beat them when it mattered the most in the regular season. The Giants also lost to the Packers in the regular season that year, and they beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game that year. So look, people are, are going to ask, you know, who's the easier team? Who would you rather play? There is no easy team in the playoffs at this point. You're not playing teams like the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Broncos. I mean, you're playing top-notch teams in the playoffs. And listen, at the end of the day, if you want to go to a Super Bowl, you're just going to have to play the best. If you want to go to a Super Bowl, there is a great chance that you're going to have to beat the Patriots. And fortunately, and I've said this before, I'm choosing to be optimistic about Kansas City's chances of going to Arrowhead, or excuse me, going to the Super Bowl since the playoffs, at least from the AFC side, go through Arrowhead. Kansas City 7-1 and this year at Arrowhead Stadium. And their one loss was by one point in that miracle comeback, that rally by the Chargers on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. So at the end of the day, 7-1 and one, and your one loss was by one point at home. I'll take that. By the way, something that a lot of people are not mentioning that Patrick Mahomes has accomplished, and this is not even like a statistic by all means. Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback since 2008, not named Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, to lead an AFC team to a number one seed. Again, I'll repeat that again. First QB, not named Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, to lead an AFC team to a number one seed. Uh, The last person to do that was in 2008 of the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to give you guys a couple of seconds. Who was the quarterback for the Titans that year? Because I looked this up in 2008 to see who was the team. Obviously, Tom Brady with the Patriots, and Peyton Manning has been with the Colts and Broncos. So when I looked at the Titans as the number one seed, I remembered that, but I could not remember who the quarterback was. I looked it up. Kerry Collins was the quarterback for the Titans that year and led the Titans to a number one seed that season. So there you have that. And that was the same year where Brady went down with an injury. Manning had a bit of an off year. Uh, So the Titans ended up being the number one seed. However, I don't think the Titans won a playoff game that year. I don't have that in front of me, but... Uh, The last uh, quarterback not named Brady or Manning to get a number one seed, Kerry Collins, 2008. Who would have thought that? Uh, A couple quick notes before we wrap up here. Eric Berry, his heel injury has resurfaced. Uh, It came up on Friday. He did not practice on Friday. ESPN's Adam Teicher tweeted, it wasn't looking like he would play on Sunday, which obviously ended up being the case. Nor is there a lot of optimism that he will play in the playoffs. Now, fortunately, you've got 13 days between the day you beat the Raiders and when the Chiefs play either the Colts, Ravens, or Chargers. 
You got some time to prepare for for guys like Eric Berry, Spencer Ware, Sammy Watkins, but a lot of people have been looking at Eric Berry. And let me just say this. Everyone is wanting the Chiefs to cut Eric Berry and that the Chiefs should just, quote-unquote, take the cap hit. Now, I'm no expert with the salary cap, but I'm just going to say this right now. Eric Berry has a lot of guaranteed money, and if the Chiefs let him go, there's a lot of dead money right there, and you cannot get that money back because it's guaranteed money. So the Chiefs are stuck with Eric Berry, whether you like it or not. I'm in agreement with a lot of you guys. Maybe we're we're passing Eric Berry's best years. Maybe we haven't. I don't know, but he is constantly getting injured, and at this point, it does beg the question of, will we see Eric Berry play a full game anytime soon, will he have another 16-game season in him? Ever since he signed that big deal, six years, $71 million, he has not played a full game since then. He's either been injured or he's been limited. So look, I'm not quite sure what to really make of this. I know a lot of people are upset by this. A lot of people were hoping Eric Berry would help turn this defense around by the time the playoffs got underway. But look, I don't know if one guy can really make that big of a difference for this defense I know he made a couple of big plays in that uh, Chargers game, but still was very limited in that first or second half. He didn't even play in the second half. Uh, look, we'll see how things go in the next 13 days, but at the end of the day, I, I just don't know if Eric Berry is going to return anytime soon. I, I think that's, again, not trying to be pessimistic here, but uh, the signs are just all against him at this point right now. It sucks. I mean, no one likes that, but that is the reality with uh, Eric Berry's situation right now. One other note, uh, Bleacher Report sent out a notification of all the possible head coaches who were expected to be fired on Sunday or Monday. Uh, And here are some interesting defensive guys who the Chiefs could go after. Again, these, these are head coaches who have been defensive coordinators previously, and they could maybe join the Chiefs. Uh, for the playoffs as a defensive consultant and maybe eventually get that defensive coordinator promotion. Here's one guy, Todd Bowles of the Jets. He just got fired. Uh, Has a bit of a history with Andy Reid, brief history with Andy Reid in 2012. He became the interim defensive coordinator that year working for the Eagles, so maybe he reunites with Andy Reid. Greg Williams, I know he has that Todd Haley mentality and a lot of people don't like that, but Greg Williams has done some really good things. Obviously helped the New Orleans Saints win a Super Bowl. Also helped the Cleveland Browns defense improve. And listen, I, I'd be surprised if Greg Williams did get let go. He's obviously the interim head coach replacing Hugh Jackson. But Greg Williams, he really took the Browns far. And it took him until Saturday of Week 16 to be eliminated from playoff contention. So I'd be very surprised if Greg Williams was let go by the Browns. But if he, he was let go, that is my choice for defensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, he has to be the top uh, defensive coordinator that would be available. I, I just don't know anyone else who would be better than him. Broncos head coach Vance Joseph, he may be let go. Previously was a defensive coordinator, as was Steve Wilkes of the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, this did not happen, but I still think it's interesting. ESPN's Adam Schefter mentioned Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey's 2019 base salary increases by $375,000 if he catches two touchdowns against the Raiders. Obviously, didn't have a touchdown in the game, but had he done that, he would have had a $375,000 increase for his 2019 base salary. Eric Fisher got a $500,000 increase in his base salary for next year because he got into the Pro Bowl. Uh, Players, by the way, if they lose weight, 
they get a bonus in their base salary in the offseason. I'd love to talk to Dan Shonka about this, who's a friend of the podcast. He's been with the Chiefs. He's been with the Jayhawks. And he's also been with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Uh, He's told me before that in the past with incentives, a lot of times you see this in college basketball. If a team beats the Jayhawks, that head coach automatically gets a $25,000 bonus. Uh, I remember uh, Dan Shonka told me this once before. A long time ago when head coaches would uh, sign for a, a, a college football team or a college basketball team, a lot of times in their bonus incentives it was that they get a car as well as their wife or maybe they get free membership to a, to a golf club in the city as well as their wife and other family members. And nowadays you're seeing NFL players just get certain statistics and they get an increase in their base salary from that. Uh, great life for for NFL players. Uh, certain statistics get you a six-figure increase. Love that, of course. Everyone would love that. Last thing I want to touch on here. A lot of Chiefs fans weren't feeling good about this team going into the Raiders game. I was listening to Phil Simms on Sirius XM NFL Radio. And he was asked if he would be shocked if the Browns beat the Ravens. And he said he didn't like the word shocked because it's the NFL. However, he was asked about the Chiefs and Raiders game, and he actually used the word shocked. He said he, he admitted he, he knows what he just said moments ago about the Browns and Ravens, but he still admitted that he actually would be shocked if the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, given the score. Okay, Phil Simms was on to something there. And I asked you guys, and this is obviously a couple of days before the game, but I asked you guys, would you be shocked if the Chiefs lost to the Raiders? Man, I, I, I got a lot of responses from Facebook and Twitter. I've never seen so many pessimistic responses to something like this. Whenever I bring up something negative, you guys get on me for this, saying I'm too negative. But boy, I mean, you guys really roasted the Chiefs on this one here. Some of you guys even were expecting a loss on Sunday against the Raiders, but Uh, I'll tell you what, man, I asked you guys a similar question after the game, saying, hey, look, I know a lot of you guys felt bad, a lot of you guys were down on the team, how do you feel now? And the mindset has completely flipped from Chiefs fans. Winning does a lot. Winning 35-3 does a lot. Winning 35-3 against a division rival, winning the division and the conference, that also does a lot more. And Chiefs fans, a lot of Chiefs fans are feeling pretty good right now. There are a few pessimistic Chiefs fans who are down on the team because they're not impressed that the Chiefs beat a uh, bad Raiders team. Listen, the Patriots beat up on a bad Jets team to get a first-round bye. I don't think Patriots fans are complaining about that because the odds were kind of stacked against the Patriots to even get a first-round bye, and they got one. And they got it against a team, against the Jets, who they beat 38-3. Similar score for the Chiefs, 35-3 against the Raiders. And the Chiefs have the number one seed, obviously winning the conference and the division. And now we're playing the waiting game. Who will the Chiefs play? It's either going to be Baltimore, Los Angeles Chargers, or the Indianapolis Colts. One of those three teams will visit Arrowhead in less than two weeks. Gotta feel pretty good. Rare day from the defense, I'll take it. Offense, lot accomplished. Mahomes, his first regular season in the books, and it was a big one. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards. Third time a quarterback has done that. And the Chiefs, best team in the AFC. Obviously, you'll take that. And the playoffs run through Arrowhead. 
That is the best part about the situation the Chiefs are in. And now they're playing the waiting game. We'll see who the Chiefs will play. We will be back on Friday to talk about Wild Card Weekend for the Chiefs. Also, any Chiefs news that comes up this year. Also, look back a little bit more on the Chiefs' regular season. What can we take from the regular season moving forward to the playoffs? What can we expect from the Chiefs this postseason, given the five other teams we have in the AFC? And what is their best chance of making it to the Super Bowl? What do they have to do? We'll talk about that and much more on Friday's episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. We'll also have our closing segments, as always, in our second episode of the week that we always do. Facebook.com slash Farzine That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Email me, Farzine at Farzine Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Share them as well. Greatly appreciated if you guys do so. Everyone have a happy new year. Have fun. Stay safe. I will talk to you guys on Friday, our first show of 2019. Happy new year. Talk to you then.